Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Um, I really prayed about today, and I really believe that the Lord put something on my heart for us this morning. But I just wanted to share a couple of things about Mother's Day. A man observed a woman in the grocery store with a three-year-old girl in her basket. As they passed the cookie section, the little girl asked for cookies, and her mother told her no. The little girl immediately began to whine and fuss. All the moms say, yep. And the mother said quietly, now, Jane, we just have half of the aisles left to go through. Don't be upset. It won't be long now. Soon they came to the candy aisle, and the little girl began to shout for candy. When told she couldn't have any, she began to cry. The mother said, there, there, Jane, don't cry. Only two more aisles to go, and then we'll be checking out. When they got to the checkout stand, the little girl immediately began to clamor for gum and burst into a terrible tantrum upon discovering there'd be no gum purchased. The mother said serenely, Jane, we'll be through this checkout stand in five minutes, and then you could go home and have a nice nap. The man followed them out to the parking lot and stopped the woman to compliment her. I couldn't help noticing how patient you were with little Jane. It's quite commendable, he remarked. The mother replied, I'm Jane. My little girl's name is Tammy. (laughs) All you moms can relate to that one, huh? (laughs) I'm going to use that one next time. (laughs) Now, Tiffany. Um, And then I I just have funny quotes for you. I want to say, someone said, the quickest way for a mother to get her children's attention is to sit down and look comfortable. Isn't that so true, moms? (laughs) I have a bunch for you, so just bear with me. Mom, I love you, even though I'll never accept your friend request. (laughs) Who's done it on Facebook? You haven't accepted your mom's friend request. You better do it today. Happy Mother's Day, Mom, and while I have your attention, quick apologies for ages 13 to 21. (laughs) A mother is the person, I love this one, a mother is the person you can always call to see how long chicken lasts in the fridge. (laughs) Someone said, that's true. Silence is golden. Unless you have kids, then silence is just suspicious. Miles. When he was one, he got into my makeup all the time. It was terrible. Sometimes I open my mouth and my mother comes out. That was a compliment, I hope. If at first you don't succeed, try doing it the way your mom told you to do it in the first place. Motherhood is the walk in the park, Jurassic Park. (laughs) Mother. One person who does the work of 20 for free. (laughs) And then just a couple meaningful ones. Ruth Bell Graham said, as a mother, my job is to take care of the possible and trust God with the impossible. And another lady said, Sharon Jane said, successful mothers are not the ones that have never struggled. They are the ones that never give up despite the struggles. And we all said amen and amen. You know, Mother's Day can sometimes be a painful day for some people. You know, it it could be maybe the way you grew up, maybe without a mom. Maybe 
infertility, maybe all, all kinds of different things. But, you know, Mother's Day is meant to bring hope to our lives, not to discourage us, not to make us feel like we didn't make the mark or, or something that we wanted didn't come through. You know what? Our God is a faithful, faithful God. So if that's you today, if, if there's any um, hint of pain in your heart today that has to do with Mother's Day, I just want to pray over you really, really quick before I begin my message. And because I know that walking in, there's somebody bound to, to have a little bit of, of, of a pain in your heart. And there's probably people that don't come to church on Mother's Day because of that. But I want to pray right now. Father, I thank you for every woman in this room today, God, and every man and every teenager, Lord, in this room today. God, I thank you that Mother's Day is not about the accomplishments that we've made, God. It's all about your grace. It's all about your goodness. It's all about who you are and who you've called us to be. And so today, God, I pray for anybody that has any amount of pain um, surrounding Mother's Day, God, I pray that you would come like only you can, Lord, that you would minister to their hearts, God, that you would show them more of your love and who you are and who you want them to be, God. I thank you that you redeem and you restore all things, God. Any heartaches that we have, God, any past pain that we might have experienced, God, we thank you for your healing and miraculous power here today, God, that we walk away full of grace, full of your love, God, full of the fact that you are the restorer, you are the redeemer, God. And even if we're without a mom in our lives, God, you make up and you fill in all the gaps in every way. We thank you for it, Lord, and we pray blessing over every mom, every daughter, every wife, every sister here today, God. We thank you for the call of God on their lives. We thank you, Lord, that you have an amazing and mighty plan for them. In Jesus' name, we all said Amen and amen. Well, today I don't have a, um, a typical Mother's Day message for you. As I was praying, there was a word that just kept coming up in my heart, and it was the word confidence. Confidence. Everybody say confidence. What does confidence mean? The definition of confidence is the feeling or belief that one can rely on something or someone with firm trust. You know, when I was four years old, I have a, a younger brother. He's two years younger than me, so he was two at the time. And we lived in Louisiana. My mom's a, a true Southern girl. Hey, y'all. Um, and we lived in Lake Charles, Louisiana, and my parents had built this really cool 80s house. <laughs> it was the early 80s, so it just had all these really like different architectural things that were like really trendy and cool at the time. Uh, well, I don't really know what they are now, but <laughs> but there was a walk down, uh, like made of brick steps, a walk down into the big living room. And so I remember that at the time, and I don't know all the details because I was four, but I know that my parents had just been through something really hard in their lives, and there was a lot of trauma and heartache going on, especially surrounding motherhood, and, um, and so I remember thinking, I, I really, I'm four, okay, and I have this younger brother. He's two. I'm going to play with him and make sure that I keep him out of, you know, mom's hair and, and stuff, so 
So there's boxes. They're they're getting we're getting ready to move. We're we're getting ready to move back to California. And so I'm playing with Johnny, my younger brother, he's two. And he gets up on some boxes up on the steps, and I'm down in the living room, and I say, jump, Johnny, I'll catch you, jump. So my two-year-old little brother jumps, and I, I vividly remember thinking this, I can't carry him, I can't catch him, I'm not strong enough to catch him. So I move, Jump, Johnny, jump. I move. He jumps, falls, hits his head on the brick, passes out. My mom drops a glass coffee pot, shatters all over the kitchen floor, and it was just complete chaos after that. Mom, I'm so sorry. Forgive my four-year-old self. What was I thinking? (laughs) Listen, he trusted me more than he should have trusted me. Don't go putting your trust or your confidence in something that you shouldn't. We need to weigh out what we're putting our confidence in. And I want to ask you, have you ever put your confidence or your trust in something that you shouldn't have and it ended in disaster? Everybody, a resounding, a resounding. We've all done it and we put our confidence and our trust in something that doesn't deserve our confidence or trust. There's only one who's worthy to put our confidence and trust in. That's what I want to talk to you today about. Where's your confidence? Where's your confidence? You know, it, there could be so many things that we want to put our confidence in. Maybe a relationship, your marriage, which is right. God's called us to trust in him through the decisions that we make through him. We, we can be confident. But is your confidence in you or is it in God? And that's my first question to you today. Proverbs 14. And I have several scriptures today. If you want to jot them down, I really encourage that you go back and look at the scriptures. Read the scriptures. When you're sitting in a message, it's so good to go back and really, really go over what was shared because God's going to speak to you even more. This is the word of God. It's living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, and it's going to cut and it's going to divide your spirit and your soul, and you're going to receive something that God will change your life just through going back and reading scriptures. Proverbs 14, 26 through 27, it says this, in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. Would you read that with me today? Say it. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. Proverbs says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The beginning of wisdom. And wisdom is to depart from evil. In the fear of the Lord, there's strong confidence. So where's your confidence? Is it in you or is it in God? Because in the fear of the Lord, see, walking in the fear of the Lord, that's recognizing I don't know. I do not know how I'm supposed to go, what I'm supposed to do, where I'm supposed to be. I recognize walking in the fear of the Lord is saying, God, you know, I don't. Your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Therefore, I've got to stop thinking I know everything because I really don't. We really don't. Without God, we are lost. 
we're going to wander all around in the dark without God showing us and leading us and guiding us in the fear of the Lord. There's strong confidence. Do you know that you can be fully confident when you're walking in the fear of the Lord, recognizing that God knows everything. God, God has the exact path for you to take. Our biggest mistakes in life are usually when our confidence isn't in the Lord, right? Can you look back and think, okay, that mistake, that mistake, that mistake. And, you know, it's not to look back and beat ourselves up. It's to look back and learn and say, God, I want to grow. I want to become more of who you want me to be. I want to become more of who you've called me to be and made me to be. What's my purpose in this life? We cannot know that apart from God. We're just going to be wandering around. So in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. If our confidence is in the Lord, come on, say, if our confidence is in the Lord, then we must first walk in the fear of the Lord. That's right. As a young person, a spouse, an employer, an employee, as a businessman or woman, as a parent, what career path we should take, in the fear of the Lord, there's strong confidence in every decision that you make in life. We shouldn't make decisions based on what it looks like or how it feels. Or No, there's strong confidence when you say, God, what do you want? What do you have? You're, you're better than me. I don't, I don't know how to do it without you. But confidence comes from walking in the fear of the Lord. Amen? Um, quick example of this. Uh, rewind back to when I was 17. Rewind back in your mind to when you were 17, or maybe you're 17 in the room today. When I was 17, my most famous words were, I know, Mom. I know, Mom. I know, Mom. I know. I know, Mom. I know, Mom. Can you guys relate to that? I know, Mom. When I say something to my boys who I love with all of my heart, a lot of times they say, I know, Mom. And and I don't want, because I truly believe that teenagers are called to change this world. And I, I truly believe that you, you are our heart. You are the ones that we champion and get behind and believe in 100%. You are the ones to change this world. But a wise man will hear an increase in learning. And I say this to my boys all the time. You don't know. How would you know? And these are things my mom used to say to me when I was 17. How do you know? It was like a mystery, like, wait, have you been reincarnated and <laughs> you have already lived this life and you know? No, we don't know what we don't know. And that's not a bad thing. That's just recognizing that if you want to be wise and you don't want to make all the mistakes that other people have already made and they're standing in your path saying, don't make the same mistakes. You know, that's a lot of times what parents are trying to tell you. They're trying to say, don't. Like, red flag, red flag, don't make the same mistakes that I made and go through that heartache that you don't need to go through. And that's why the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is in the Bible. And we can learn so much wisdom from the book of Proverbs and not have to go through all the heartache that somebody else is telling us, you don't have to go through this. A wise man will hear an increase in learning, and you can avoid these mistakes if you'll just 
if you'll just listen, if you'll just hear me. Amen. So my teenage self, I would say to my teenage self, you don't know. And that fools despise wisdom and instruction. You know, wisdom and instruction are for us. They're not for whoever's instructing us and giving us wisdom. They already have it. Wisdom and instructions for us. Right? Like, we're going to be better for it if we just open our hearts and humble ourselves and say, I need wisdom and instruction. I'm, I'm lost without wisdom and instruction. I don't know. How, when, I, when I brought home Miles, he's our oldest. He's 16 and a half. When we brought home Miles from the hospital, I was 23 years old. And I remember David looking at me going, what do we do? <laughs> and I remember looking at him going, I have no idea. <laughs> they, why would they let us bring this baby home? Like, what are they thinking? What are they thinking? But you know what? God trusts us with that. Because you know why? Here's why God trusts us. Because his heart and his expectation is that we'll look to him. And that will depend on him. When you get married, God's heart is not that you're going to do everything that your spouse wants you to do. God's heart is that you'll look to him. And you'll depend on him. Just like we, we sang today, God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. That's why we sing these songs, because they're, they're the word of God. And we're, we're just singing the word of God over our lives. It's called wisdom. It's called, let's, let's remind ourselves today that we can safely put our confidence in God. We can safely turn to God. There is strong confidence in the fear of the Lord. Walking things out the way that God wants you to walk them out. Amen? Amen. Are you falling asleep today? You just need to nudge your partner next to you and just say, hey, wake up a little bit. This isn't over yet. This isn't over yet. Number two, my second question today is how do I put my confidence in God? Because sometimes we wonder, okay, God, yeah, I trust you, but what, what does that mean? How, how do I put my confidence in you? In Hebrews 4, 16, it says this in the New American Standard Bible, therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence. Do you know the Bible says that draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. There's a step that we have to take in putting our confidence in God. It doesn't just happen automatically. No, it says let us draw near with confidence, confidence, confidence. The belief that one can fully rely on and depend on God. Let us draw near with confidence. Don't you love that today? To the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Do y'all ever have a time of need? I, I daily, maybe hourly have a time of need in my life. Every single day I need something. I, I don't know what to do. We're faced with decisions. So what do they say? We make how many thousands of decisions do we make a day? Like something like crazy, like 40,000? 
4,000. 40,000. I was gonna be like, that's too many. <laughs> I can't even know. I can't even process that. 4,000 decisions a day. That is a lot. That is a lot of in here, right? Draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. That you'll receive mercy and find grace to help in your time of need. Without the mercy and grace of God, what do we have? He provided everything that we need. Every, every decision that we face in our lives. We just need to draw near with confidence to God. We're not going to make the wrong decision. You're not going to marry the wrong person. You're not going to buy the wrong house. You're not going to make a wrong decision when your confidence is in God. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. That's it. Draw near with confidence. Draw near. That's how you put your confidence in God is draw near to him. Tell him, God, my confidence is in you. One of the best examples ever in the Bible. You've all heard this story, whether you've been in church or not, David and Goliath. David was a teenager. He was a boy. There was no way in the natural for him to beat much less kill Goliath. First Samuel, I want, to, I want you to read this. First Samuel 17, 40, um, 45 through 47. It says this. I'm going to read it to you really quick. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Y'all, think about this. (laughs) Think about it. Here's David. He's a teenager boy. They just got him out of the fields to come and face the fiercest, probably grossest, most disgusting warrior. Can you just imagine this? This boy comes up to this beast man. That's what I like to call him. He's a, he was a beast man. Comes up to this beast man and yells this at him. Who does that? Who would do that? Would you do that? Would you do that? This boy had full confidence. No, no, no. The belief that he could fully rely on God in every battle. Because he had already killed a lion and a bear. So he just came up to Goliath and was like, I could just imagine him walking up to me like, you're coming down. You're coming down. Like, he, he wasn't shaking in his boots. They even tried to put armor on him, and he said, take it off. It's too heavy. He already knew. He already knew in his spirit he could fully depend on God. Are we walking like that in our lives? Are we that confident in who he is? Not in us. David did not have he didn't have faith in himself. He probably looked at his muscles and looked at Goliath, <laughs> looked at his muscles and was like, well, I know it ain't me anyways. It's God. He walked up to that dude. 
he took a stone. I mean, here come, he's coming at him with his sword. Goliath's coming at David with his sword. And it says, David put that, that uh, stone in his slingshot. He whipped that thing around. And that giant came down. He was dead. He killed him. Whether he knocked him out or whatever, then he went and chopped his head off. So then he was really dead. So I, I kind of wonder if he just like kind of passed out and then Goliath walked over there. I mean, then David walked over there and just, you know, just finalized it. I don't know. I really like action movies if you guys don't know me. So so God gave me three boys. I'm like, let's watch a violent movie. Um, but I love this story. I love this story. I love, it's not, and it's true, it really happened. This boy, I want to have that kind of confidence in God that whatever the enemy will try to throw at me, I say, you're coming down in Jesus' name because my God's bigger, my God's better, my God's bigger, right? You know how they have those dad wars? My dad's bigger than your dad. Well, You can truly say when you're a child of God, my dad is bigger than your dad in every sense of the word, right? And we say it with love, obviously, and grace. But sometimes, (laughs) but sometimes with the enemy, you don't say it with love and grace. You just attack because we win every time. Amen? And so Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, out of the message, it says, trust God. From the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure everything out on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. He's the one who will keep you on track. If you'll trust God with all your heart, from the bottom of your heart, with everything that you had. And the third question that I have for us today is what benefits come from being confident in God? What benefits? And here's one of them. God is doing his work in my life, and it will be a life well-lived. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in me will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Being confident, fully believe, fully trust, I'm confident of this very thing, that Jesus, who began a good work in me, will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Your life counts. When you walk with him, when you give your heart to God, when you walk with Jesus, your life counts. You know, the Bible talks about how at the end, all of our works will be burned up. All the ones that don't matter will be burned up. Did you know that? You know, there's days right now that we spend doing things that actually don't matter. That kind of hurts a little bit, right? But it's reality. One day, all the works that we do that do not matter in the kingdom of God, which is the kingdom of God, is heaven on earth. Like heaven is coming to earth. That's a different message. But but listen, I'm not going to take that side trail right now. But listen, our works will burn up. But the ones that matter, the ones that God's called us to do, the ones that God made us to do, purposed us to do, the ones that are all about Jesus, those are the treasures, the jewels, the things that will count. And we want to spend our lives doing things that matter, things that count. That's why we have to be confident in God. 
We have to know, God, you who began a good work in me, you'll be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Second, God shows up when we call on him and put our trust in him. 1 John 5, 14, it says this, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked. That is a loaded verse that I, we could just stay there for a really long time and just talk all about that. But this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, this goes back to the, this is a huge benefit of being confident in God. Ask anything according to his will. We know he hears us. We know he hears us. Let that sink in for a moment. God hears your heart. He hears your prayers. He hears your voice. You, out of the billions of people on the earth, he hears you. He wants to answer your prayers. Why? Because your confidence is in him. See, that's what God's looking for. He's looking for people who are depending on him, not themselves. We're, we are in a world system of doing it our way or the highway. Right? You've heard that saying. It's my way or the highway. My way or no way. No, no, no. God's way. There is no plan B. God's way. And you can have total confidence when you do things God's way that it's going to work out. Things are going to pan out. God's going to work. Even, even when there's bumps in the road, even when there's obstacles in the way, with full assurance and full confidence, just like David said, you're done. Out. Out of our way. Out of our way. You're done. Nope. You, you know. Right? That's who God is. Full confidence in him. We, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. And I just want to wrap it up today. But being confident in God has great reward if we'll stick with it. Hebrews 10.35, it says, therefore, come on, read it with me today. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. You know what? The, the hardest time to keep standing and not throw away, cast off your confidence or throw away your confidence or shift your confidence to something in the natural that looks like, okay, if I, if I just had this amount of money, if I just had this person who would help me with this, then I would have the breakthrough that I need. Or then if I just had, you know, this job, or if I just could get that house, or if I had, the list goes on and on and on, right? Don't cast your confidence away on someone or something else. The Bible says, don't cast away your confidence, which has great, your confidence in God has great reward. Your confidence in God, not the world system, not your bank account, not the balance on your bank account, 
Not your car, not your house, not the clothes you wear, the things you do, the accolades you get from people, the title that you carry. None of it matters. It doesn't matter. What matters is that your confidence is in God. You cannot lose when you put your confidence in God. For you have need of endurance. You gotta endure. You gotta endure. Those days where you just feel like, just forget it. I'm gonna let that dream die. Or I'm gonna put that, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna do that anymore. Or I'm not gonna, no, you have need of endurance. Listen, putting your confidence in God is called faith. Do we see God here in the natural like we see each other? We, we don't, but do we know he's here? Yes. He promised he'll never leave us or forsake us. So today, I just believe God's calling us to a greater commitment of putting our confidence in him. And, the, and it says, you have need of endurance so that after, everybody say after, after you've done the will of God, you receive the promise. After you do the will of God. See, God's looking for something from us of a commitment. He, he doesn't push himself on us. He doesn't say, do this. You know, those movies of God's voice, you know. I, that's not, God is, I mean, majestic in who he is and absolutely incredible. But he loves every single one of us with an unfailing love. And he's the ultimate example of love without measure, love with no strings attached, love without us having to do anything for it. Amen. And so would you just close your eyes, bow your heads today. Father, we love you. And we thank you that you're calling us, Lord, to walk in a greater depth of confidence in you, Lord. Lord, whatever areas of our lives that we need to get in alignment with you, Lord, and, and surrender to you, Lord. There may be people in this room, Lord, who are just trying to do it on their own in, in certain ways, maybe in all ways, God, but we just tell you today, Lord, we look to you. We recognize, Lord, without you, we are nothing and can do nothing, God. But in you and with you, Lord, is abundant life. It's the life that you created for us to live and you sacrificed to give us, Lord. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.